helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Warnings of threats to our democracy abound. Far fewer are the warnings about threats to our republic. However, while the warnings may be few, the threats are legion. In the news lately have been threats coming from our southern border. Immigration, human trafficking, drug cartels are a daily part of our lives and the news. Now that Texas is standing up to defend itself, I'm hearing talk of a constitutional crisis, threats to our democracy, and even possibly a new civil war. Ladies and gentlemen, saddle up, because this is only the beginning. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read instead of the Constitution, we teach the rising generation to be free. I'm glad you could join me today. We're going to take a look at some threats to our republic, just some, because there are plenty, and I'm going to focus on a couple because of the interest, the, the amount of time I, that I see it in the news, and the number of questions I've been asked. For the last couple of weeks, I've been asked repeatedly questions about Texas and and the, the Supreme Court opinion, uh, which really was not an opinion. It was just a vacating a, an injunction. Uh, you know, the, the National Guard and possible a new civil war. And there's a lot going on. Then, of course, earlier in the week, we had other things popping up that, to me, seem to be pouring gasoline on the fire. Well, I guess that is a good idea if you're cold, but not such a good if you're trying to uh, keep the republic from burning down. Now, when I was a young man, I heard many people say, if you want to know what's important to someone, don't ask them. Look at their checkbook. Look at what they're willing to spend money on, and you get a better idea of what's important to them. Now, this is going to become very important because the Senate recently passed legislation that they sent to the House um, dealing with the border. Well, supposedly it's a border deal. Um, last I heard, uh, Speaker McCarthy said, we've taken a look at this, and this, deal, this bill is dead on arrival. One of the reasons is the bill would spend three times more money on Ukraine than on border security. See, the bill has about $20 billion to deal with the border and, and, and immigration and, and things like that. However, it plans to give $60 billion to Ukraine. By the way, it's also planning to give another $14 billion to Israel. So that's $74 billion to uh, deal with foreign companies and 20 to give to protect our own borders. By the way, this bill also, uh, it has a few okay things in it. But if I'm looking at this from my, uh, uh, you know, don't look at what people say, look at the checkbook. Seems that the majority of the Senate is much more interested in uh, Ukraine than they are in the border. Just look at where they're spending their money. Now, I'm not saying there aren't uh, there aren't foreign policy issues in Ukraine. I'm not saying there aren't uh, uh, you know security issues in Ukraine. 
But I have to wonder, if this is a border bill, why does it include money for Ukraine? And the answer is really very simple. It's the way you force through the the pork. I mean, let's face it, it's an old trick, right? You get a couple of senators together. They say, listen, um, I'll support your putting X amount of dollars for your pet project in if you'll support putting X amount of dollars in my pet project in. It's pretty much why Congress has not passed a budget in, what, 25 years? Why they've not followed the law and actually um, put together the 12 mandatory appropriations bills they're supposed to do every year? Why? Because they get to the end of the year and everyone's screaming, it's going to shut down, we're all going to die. And they throw this god-awful omnibus beast at us. And everybody, and I mean absolutely everybody, simply throws their pork-laden nonsense into it. Now again, uh, uh, Speaker Johnson said this bill is dead on arrival. If I were in the House... I would be, it would to me, it'd be dead on arrival as soon as it included funding. You've got not one, not two, but three different goals. Sorry, you're dead. Now, people say, I'm an extremist. You're right. I actually believe in, oh, I don't know, sanity. For example, in the Senate, uh, I believe the senators only got to look at the bill uh, a few hours before, or maybe a, you know, maybe a day or so before it was to be voted on. How are you supposed to read through this and understand this nonsense? Well, you see, they had special, only negotiators, only the negotiators were allowed to see the language uh, until it was all said and done, and then you throw it in front of the senator and say, vote, vote for it, because I said so. Well, Senator uh, James Langford uh, said, you know, there's some interesting twists in here. Uh, he said, this is a border security bill, and it is an issue of how do we actually secure our southern border, but it does not address any of those that are currently here. Uh, that is one of the red lines we all had at the very beginning. The Democrats were very clear they would not be willing to address those. So one of the people that was there saying, well, first of all, he called it a border security bill. This is not a border security bill. Let me say this again. This is not a border security bill. If, what, three quarters of the money in the bill is not for border security, but it's for foreign uh, um, aid, then it's a foreign aid bill that has some border stuff in it. It is not a border. This is the bait and switch they play all the time. This is part of the reason we are in this mess, is these games have been played. Now, to take a, the fact that a Republican senator says that the Democratic senators were not willing to deal with problems, um, take that as political rhetoric. It, it, to me, it's nothing more than, than politics. Um, at least until you can come up with something more than, well, I say so. You know, you want to give some evidence, some proof, Maybe, but right now that's just, you know, political nonsense. Now, there are some people that are looking at saying, let's give you some actual data. Uh, for example, according to, what is, this is the Daily Caller report of this. On page 67 of the 370-page bill, there's a provision that states that $1.4 billion shall be transferred to the Federal Emergency Management Agency uh, federal assistance to support sheltering and related activities provided by non-federal uh, non entities through the Shelter Service Program. 
All right, that, that's, that's uh, legislative gobbledygook. That's, level, that's, that's legal speak for saying we're going to take $1.4 billion of your money and we're going to give it to a bunch of NGOs, non-governmental organizations, to uh, help the, Ill- people, the illegal aliens, the, the people who entered this country illegally. Now, listen, I would take all these numbers with a grain of salt, uh, in part because uh, people haven't seen the whole bill for a long, you know, very long. Um, so how they're tallying and checking things, there may be some discrepancies. There's obviously going to be negotiations because if uh, Speaker Johnson is correct and this bill doesn't stand a snowball's chance uh, in the House, then, um, well, then maybe uh, things are going to change. And But I don't expect them, they may get better. I don't expect them to be good. Why? Well, the other great piece of advice I got as a young man is, and this is one I follow to this day. See, I don't care so much what people say. I care what people do. So you've had Biden suddenly had an epiphany. Ooh, the border's a disaster. We've got to do something. Congress needs to pass a law to give me the powers to, um, to, to, to fix this. That's what he's saying. Of course, then again, Biden's been a politician for decades, and how can you tell when a politician is lying? Especially this one, right? Because the Federalists took an interesting look. They said, hmm, since Biden took office, since he was uh, inaugurated, what has he done to uh, uh, help improve the border? More accurately, what has he done to destroy the border? So January 20th, 2021, the day he's inaugurated, Biden halted the construction of the border wall expanded the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA, which is a program that itself violates the law. He endorsed the U.S. Citizenship Act, which granted U.S. citizens to foreign lawbreakers. Uh, He revoked the uh, executive orders that enforced immigration laws, the ones that Trump had put in place. He ends restrictions on uh, immigration from countries that, um, well, let's just say they're full of terrorism. And he stopped deportations for 100 days, giving a temporary amnesty to everybody who broke the law to get here for 100 days. And that, ladies and gentlemen, those six were the very first day. Now, the Federalist goes on and on and on and on to the latest January 3rd of this year, 2024. Um, He sued Texas to stop them from sending these illegal aliens. out into the United States. I'm sorry, out of the United States. In other words, he sued Texas to get them to stop doing the job that the federal government was supposed to to do. And we're supposed to believe that now he realizes the problem. You remember when he put uh, Kamala Harris in charge of the border? She was the, the border czar. And it was, what, two, two and a half years before she did anything about it? Before she showed up? Before she even did what could anything visible about the 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 border now uh of course it's not just the federal government that's making this mess a a a california bill uh that's currently before their legislature would grant what they refer to as uh um illegal immigrants i got i'm careful because i use words specifically if you cross the border to come here uh, into this country illegally you're, it's an illegal act. The question is, were you co- looking to migrate? Were you looking to move here? Or were you simply coming here to, uh, I don't know, make some money, deal some drugs, whatever? 
Well, this bill, Assembly Bill 1840, um, would change the existing law allowing illegal entrants into this company, into this country, to be eligible for what's called the California Dream for All Fund. It's a loan program to get a, to borrow money for a down payment for a home for a first-time buyer. Now, I have two questions about this. Um, why, why does California think that uh, somebody who broke the law to get here would be a good first-time home buyer, a good risk for such a loan? Second, if this program is so wonderful, aren't there actual citizens, legal residents, even how about legal immigrants that would be eligible for this that may not get a chance because, well, you're spending the money on the illegal, the, the illegal aliens. You see what I mean about the, the, this being a, a, serious bore, a, a, bore, a serious problem? Now, again, for the last week or so, I've been asked a lot about the the call by, uh, we'll call them politicians and pundits, for Biden to federalize the National Guard, the Texas National Guard, to stop them from being used to uh, actually enforce the border at Eagle Pass. Now, this brings up some interesting questions. I want to go through them once again. See, it is Congress that provides for the, the provide for calling forth the militia. Congress is determines the process for calling forth the militia. And a lot of people say that, that the president cannot call forth the militia. Understand, Congress sets a process for calling forth the, the militia. How does it happen? And they've decided that the president can do it under certain circumstances. But, again, read the rest of the clause. To provide for it for the calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrection, and repel invasion. Now, what Mr. Biden's being asked to do is to call forth the militia to stop enforcing the laws of the union and to encourage what could be called an invasion. Now, that language is very inflammatory and it works worth being looked at because I've, I've spent some time thinking about this. First of all, legally, in order for something to legally be called an invasion, it pretty much needs to be a, a, a national actor. There needs to be some military component in it to meet the legal definition of invasions. I went to the, the uh, free legal dictionary because I like it. It's uh, when it's free and uh, it's a legal dictionary. And they define invasion as the entry of a country by a public enemy. Right? Public enemy is defined as a, basically a foreign state, somebody you're at war with. So. At first blush, I've said this is not an invasion. It's a close to an But there is one component if you start thinking about because more and more, what am I finding? I'm seeing evidence that um, the, the influx of, my, of people is being used by cartels to take over territory and um, uh, do their illegal acts. Well, that's kind of making war, isn't it? That does that does not make them a public ent ent enemy, even though they're not a nation. Uh, they they certainly are a foreign actor that is making war against the American people. Furthermore, you have a large number of uh, military aged men, many of them coming from countries that they have declared war against us. Doesn't that make that? Part, an invasion. So I'm being very, I'm using those words specifically. I'm not calling the entire thing an invasion, 
but I'm saying the illegal entry is actually a cloak for an invasion of this country, which means Biden would be using the Texas National Guard to assist an invasion. If he's talking about not stopping the invasion, but assisting people entering this country illegally, many from countries that have declared war against us, many from cartels that are acting as if they are acting uh, as uh, in war, committing acts of war against the United States. Does that mean he's giving aid and comfort to our enemies? Why is that important? And I'm going on a bit of a limb here. So don't go, you know, say Paul's declared... Because giving aid and comfort to our enemies is the definition of treason within the United States. That maybe will wake a few people up. But before I get more into that, I have to take a break. Now, I'm telling you, you you should know this, right? A good night's sleep is important to being healthy. You don't get a good night's sleep and your body can't do what it needs to do to keep itself healthy. Now, A lot of people use a lot of different supplements, maybe some of them are hormonal-based, but according to some doctors, those hormones, they can actually disrupt your systems, your your cycles, and, and make you dependent on them. Well, the people at the wellness company have come up with a product called Restful Sleep. It's natural ingredients designed to calm the mind, to reduce stress, so you can get a better, more restful night's sleep, all without hormone disruptions. It's backed by documented research. It's vetted by the chief medical board of the wellness company. I use it when I need it, and it works great. Best of all, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off Restful Sleep or any of the products at the wellness company. You can also get 25% off your first month of membership if you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. Find out more at americaoutloud.shop. So please, check out the wellness company. Check out Restful Sleep and their products. Check out their membership. But be sure to go to AmericaOutloud.shop to get details of how you can get that 25% off of your products and 25% off your first month of membership. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. 
Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study. Today we're talking about threats to our republic. Now, we are a republic. I know a lot of people like to call us a democracy. No, we are a republic, which means we elect people to represent us, to act in our name, to exercise our power in our name. But in order to be a republic, it must be the people who are electing the representatives, not something different. The 2020 election is still a, a uh, well, a sore point with a lot of Americans. Some because they got caught uh, with their fingers in the cookie jar. Some because they got snookered by those with their fingers in the cookie jar. And uh, many just because it seems the American people don't care about the criminal activities that were part of the 2020 elections. And here we are staring down another set of elections, almost four years later, staring down another election season and what's been done so that we don't end up with the same mess we had last time. Well, I see very little. And I expect that uh, we're going to see even more shenanigans in 2024 than we saw in 2020. Why would I say that? Well, you see, Pamela San Martin, who is a, a, a member of Meta's oversight board, Meta is the company that owns Facebook now, uh, she was doing an interview with uh, Wired magazine, and uh, she was concerned that, you know, Facebook didn't do enough to influence the elections in 2020. Oh, that's not the way she put it. But uh, she said that uh, they in 2024, Facebook includes, plans on doing things like adding labels to posts that are related to elections, directing people to reliable information. Uh, reliable based on what? Prohibiting paid advertisements when it calls into question the legitimacy of an election. And um, implementing forwarding limits on their WhatsApp application. I find this, I'd find this hilarious if it wasn't so disgusting. See, remember, if you don't, those of you who haven't been around long, during the, leading up to the 2020 elections, in 2020, one of the things I did was I was writing and posting and blogging about the actual process of electing the president, because most Americans I talk to, they have a, a they have a, a terribly inaccurate understanding of how we actually elect the president. And by the way, even people who claim to be constitutional experts very often get this wrong. Um, and uh, I got kicked off of Facebook. So I got a note that said I got a 30-day suspension because I violated their policies. Of course, they wouldn't tell me what policy. They wouldn't even tell me what post it was. They wouldn't. I asked repeatedly. They wouldn't tell me. They'd merely say that I violated their policies, and I got a 30-day suspension. Okay. I waited the 30 days, and then I figured I'd sign in, and I'd let people know, hey, I had my 30 days. The day before my suspension was to be uh, uh, relieved, um, they locked... They, they, dis, they sh uh, deleted my account. They They disabled, I should say. They disabled my account. I, I could not they could not log in. So I said, well, all right, 
what I'll do is I'll create a new account under a new email and I'll simply tell them, listen, um, you know, that account has been disabled. I'll tell I had over a thousand followers on Facebook at the time. That's been disabled. Here's where you can find me now. So I I I set up a new account, a new I had a new email. I used one of my other emails and I set up the account. And of course, you get to saying, okay, we're going to verify your email address. And before I got the email verifying my email address, I was, they popped up, your account has been disabled. Facebook has no interest. And again, I wasn't picking sides. I wasn't being partisan. I was merely describing through both the Constitution and federal law the process of electing a president. And that, according to Facebook, I guess, was not reliable information. So do you really think that in 2024, Facebook is going to send you to reliable information? I don't. In fact, to this day, I don't have a Facebook account because I don't remember the last time I tried, but it's like, fine, if they don't want me, they don't got me. But we're talking about censoring more information, Facebook censoring more information. Now, listen, if Facebook wants to censor this information, they are a private company. They are allowed to do so. I'm also allowed to stand out here and tell you they are lying to you. They are misleading you. They are hiding information from you that they do not want you to see because they want to impact the election. How do I know this? Because the evidence is that we have emails from Facebook. The uh, or, I'm sorry, we saw the Twitter files, and in those we saw other reports where you had e where you had uh, Facebook getting emails from the FBI with information they wanted suppressed, not because it was wrong, not because it was the FBI wanted this suppressed. I fully expect more of this to go on because let me ask you how many how many FBI agents. It sounds like a joke, right? How many FBI agents have lost their job for violating the First Amendment and colluding with the with, with social media to suppress the right to to uh, to uh, 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 to publish freedom of freedom of the press? How many? I think the number rounds up to zero. Zero. If there's evidence that members of the FBI and other federal agencies were, were uh, uh, abridging people's right to freedom of the press, you know, then they didn't lose their job. How about, I'm not even talking about criminal. That's a, that's a federal crime. You realize it's a federal crime. 18 U.S.C. sections 241 and 242. It is a crime to deprive someone of a right protected by the Constitution of the, and laws of the United States, punishable by a fine and up to a year in jail. How many of them were charged? They, none of them lost their jobs. I, I'm not aware of any of them that have been that have been criminally investigated, much less charged. Do you really think this is going to change? We have video of people stuffing ballot boxes. We have GPS evidence that they, they didn't simply stuff a bunch of ballots into a drop box, that they traveled around dumping, in some cases, hundreds, if not thousands of ballots into multiple drop boxes, many in violation of state law. How many of them have been punished? How many of them have been investigated? Do you think it's going to change?
My question is, why? You see, if you break the law and don't pay any price, why do you think people would stop, would not continue to break the law? That's why I think the Republic is in serious trouble. There's a serious threat. Because the, the very process of elections, of choosing those who will represent us, is the core of what makes us a republic. The fact that the power is inherent in the people, that we hire people to represent us, to exercise some of that power for us, is what makes us a republic. But if we're not the ones electing the people that represent us, we are no longer a republic. I don't even know if we could call ourselves a Republican name only. And once again, while there are some people talking about it, there are extremely few that are actually doing anything about it. Now, if being a Republic protects our way of life, protects our rights, well, our standard of living is based on energy. And it's been, by, for the most part, fossil fuels, because fossil fuels are energy-dense. And as technology improved, te fossil fuels have become less and less polluting. We changed, you know, we 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 use different types of coal. We've learned technologies to help clean the the uh, the exhaust before it goes into the air, so that fossil fuels are not nearly as damaging to the environment as they once were. But there's a war, apparently, against cheap energy, even against clean energy. And I don't mean clean energy as as the uh, uh, so many pundits put it. I mean, energy that's actually fairly clean, like liquefied natural gas. So you got to remember, to build those solar panels, to build those wind turbines, to build those electric cars, you have to mine minerals. And those mines, not only do they destroy a lot of the, of the uh, uh, land, but they also release a lot of pollution. And by the way, many things like those turbine blades and the solar panels and the batteries, they cannot efficiently be recycled. And they're full of toxic chemicals that have to be properly handled before they can be, uh, or they can leach those chemicals into the soil, into the water. So we have liquefied natural gas. It's a, it's a petroleum, it, it's a, it is a fossil fuel. It's often seen with, with oil. And uh, it burns clean. In fact, it burns so clean, you can burn it in your house without a chimney. If you've ever had a, a gas stove, uh, you're burning either uh, natural gas or propane. And you can burn them in your home safely, unless you have a, a, a re serious respiratory disease, you can burn them safely in your home. So they're, they're pretty clean. They don't put out a lot of exhaust, but you see, they're a fossil fuel. And there are those that just hate fossil fuels because it doesn't promote their communist agenda of taking away our power. So they want us dependent on things that aren't dependable, like the sun always shining and the wind always blowing and the, 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 the idea that we'll have enough battery power to store the energy when the sun doesn't shine and the wind doesn't blow. Now, maybe one day we will. Maybe one day we will. Today is not that day. Now, the United States is blessed with a lot of resources, one of which is a lot of coal, a lot of oil, and a lot of natural gas. So we could take that natural gas, you compress it into a liquid, you stick it on a truck, or better yet, you stick it in a pipeline or on a ship, and we can sell that 
overseas. Now, I want you to think back. We were talking about the billions of dollars that we were sending to Ukraine to fight their war. Now, part of the problem, when the Russians invaded, one of the issues is they started starving a lot of European countries of oil and, yes, natural gas. Maybe, rather than sending billions of dollars to Ukraine, rather than sending billions of dollars to Russia by allowing their oil to be sold on the open market so that the European Union can keep their houses from freezing, maybe the United States could take that the abundance of natural gas we have, compress it, put it into ships, send it to Europe, and they could get it from us rather than the Russians. Not only do we make money, we employ more people, we employ them, by the way, in, in, in many of them in skilled, well-paying jobs, but we also take away the power of Russia to use their energy resources as blackmail against our alleged allies in Europe. I say alleged allies because we're not acting much like allies right now. Now, we could do that. It'd be good for the American people. I claim it would be good for the union as a whole, but we don't want to do that. See, the Biden administration has put a pause on approving uh, new natural gas terminals. Now, since this these terminals were, are used to ship natural gas to foreign countries, that is foreign commerce, but we're not talking about actually regulating the commerce. What they're saying is the federal government says, we're not going to let you build these terminals. I guess it would be kind of crazy to build a terminal if the federal government wouldn't allow you to use it to sell your product overseas. But once again, we see the Biden administration more interested that you're using a more expensive, less reliable, more polluting energy resource such as solar, wind, batteries, than a clean, yes, it's a fossil fuel, that's abundant, energy-dense, and could solve an immediate problem, not only for the United States, but for the, the countries we call allies. Now, if I look at this the way, I don't care what you say, I care what you do. What this tells me is the Biden administration is not interested in climate change. They're not interested in, in, in clean energy. They're not interested in the health and welfare of the American people. Because you got to remember, you get rid of fossil fuels, you're not just getting rid of the fuels, you're getting rid of all the products that are made out of those fossil fuels. Basically, look at everything in your house that is plastic. It goes away if we get rid of fossil fuels. So the Biden administration seems much more interesting in lowering our standing of living making our lives miserable, making things more expensive, driving us back into the 18th and 19th century than they are in actually promoting liberty and freedom for all. And my question for you is, is that what you want? Now, I hope one of the things that you want is to get news, get in stories and information from a lot of different sources. And one I recommend, well, it's AmericaOutloud.news. I, I go there every day. I get a news feed from them every day with stories and articles, uh, podcasts, videos that I use both for this program and for other work that I do. It is a great source to get, uh, to get uh, uh, information on what's going on, to get the latest news and happenings. 
Now, I keep saying, knowledge is not power until it's put into action. That's why I'm asking you to do two things. First, go to americaoutloud.news daily to find out what's going on. Look at the stories, look at the articles, look at the videos and the podcasts. But then I want you to do something with them. I want you to share the ones that you find interesting. Maybe somebody explains something that, in a way, better than you had ever heard. Share it. Maybe some news story you hadn't heard of or some, something's going on that, that you are unaware of. Share it. Take that knowledge. Share it. Share the links. It's the sharing of this information. It's the sharing of the news. It's the sharing of hope that helps us all share in the blessings of liberty. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use CofixRx because it works. Clean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back, Everyday Americans, to rejoin the Constitution Study. And I'm talking today about threats to our republic. Um, I went into the break, we were talking about energy and access to energy. 
And here's what's interesting. There's a there's a wonderful compromise between the quote unquote green energy group that you know that that dirty stuff that you know mining and, and all that and, and fossil fuels. It's called nuclear power. Now I know we all got scared. We saw Three Mile Island or Chernobyl, or or you watch the movie. Uh, um, uh, what was it with the nuclear meltdown? China syndrome, right? And we all got scared that nuclear energy is just going to kill us all. There's a problem. We've been using nuclear energy in this in this world in this country for decades, and with with, with no real problem. I mean, even Three Mile Island was not a meltdown. They had a problem and they dealt with it. Chernobyl, the problem wasn't so much the, uh, uh, it wasn't based on nuclear, it was a uh, tsunami that they had not been able to handle. And uh, even then, the, the release of, of radiation was controlled and limited and designed not to, uh, to harm the uh, mankind or the environment. So, um, and again, there have been uh, developments in nuclear energy. Uh, I forget where it was. I was I was watching a, an interview, and you know most of our nuclear plants were designed to make fuel for nuclear weapons. The reason we use, as I understand, as I was told, the reactors we do is the waste product can be used to make nuclear weapons. There are other reactors, thorium reactors. There are um uh what else you got uh they, they they call them small modular reactors other ways of powering and they they have some very interesting one they're very energy dense you get a lot of energy in a small amount they don't produce carbon dioxide or other quote-unquote pollutants um if done properly their the the spent fuel rods can be reprocessed into something else usable, or they can be stored. You know, that's the other big thing is storage, but they can also be reprocessed if you use the right technique. So there's a possible, there's a great possibility. So nuclear energy could be the boon of our next big, uh, 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 our big bull market. Access to abundant, inexpensive energy. There's a problem. So according to, uh, um, some reports, the United States is the most expensive state to develop nuclear power. Now, I understand. You want to be safe, right? You don't want to be sitting, you don't want your home next to a nuclear reactor that was designed like the one in Chernobyl or run like the one in Chernobyl. You wouldn't want that. That'd be, that would definitely be bad. But we also have to ask ourselves, uh, how much is too much? So as we look at this, one of the things we need to consider in our future, are we considering nuclear power in its current form and in other forms that may be more energy dense or, or uh, have, have less waste or even just be safer? I know I've, I've, I've seen a lot of people that they don't want fossil fuels, but they also don't want nuclear. And all that leaves you with is unreliable, Technology that is currently unreliable and ineffective. Just ask Europe. Just ask Texas. So let's take a look at something else. So here's other issues with with the uh, um, with the republic. Um, our economy. I'll, I'll admit it. Our economy did not crash as badly as I expected. A year or so ago, I thought things were going to be really, really ugly by this time. It wasn't. 
okay. This is to me. This is this is good news. All right. Let's not have uh, uh, another major recession. Good. But part of the problem is it's like the American people. Um, we only look at the headlines and we never look at the details. We we get tricked by the magician every time. For example, the Biden administration has been telling, hey, wages grew 0.6% in, in January um, and, and compared to December and a total of 4.5% year over year. Wages went up. Yay, woohoo, yay, it's going up. There's a problem, though. I'm not saying that wages going up is a bad thing. I'm saying we need to see the rest of the story. You see, despite the fact that the pay per hour went up, the average number of hours worked fell. They went from 3.9 uh, in January 2021. They're now, I'm sorry, 34.9. They're now down to 34.1. So you may be making more per hour, but you're also likely working fewer hours. And furthermore, the inflation, which is not simply a rising in prices, it's a devaluing of the dollar, means the dollars you are making are worth less than they did before. For example, um, adjusted for inflation, workers made about $35.10 an hour on average in January of 21 when Biden took office. Now it's down to $34.55. This, by the way, is from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, not some you know, right-wing think tank. Now, put in perspective, could these numbers have been worse? Absolutely. Is inflation been going down? Yes, but it still hasn't, you know, the prices haven't gone down. The rate of increase of those prices has gone down, but not the, the actual prices have gone down. So your dollar can't buy as much as you did before. And of course, if you, uh, that not only impacts people who are working and they're, the dollar they're getting paid is worth less than it was last year, but the person that's on a fixed income, their dollars are worth less as well, and they don't have the opportunity to make that up somewhere else. Now, there's another problem, serious problem, and I mean a serious problem with the Republic, um, but it's not so much political as it is social, right? Politics come into it because we turn to politics for everything. You see, I've seen more and more stories involving government actors um, Basically, uh, if not physically kidnapping children, um, mentally kidnapping children, and 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 uh, you know taking them from their parents to do what the state thinks should be done. For example, a, a a school district in New York is being sued because they socially transitioned her daughter not only without her consent, but they actually lied to the mother about the child's mental health about her social struggles, this, ladies and gentlemen, this, this is dangerous. So, in fact, the, the mother, uh, Jennifer Vitasaki, uh, she's filed a lawsuit against the Skinny Atlas Central School District and Board of Education, accusing them of violating her constitutionally protected rights by deceiving her and socially transitioning, transitioning her daughter. Now, Skinny Atlas, that's in the Finger Lakes. We go now to New York City, where a New York father has lost custody of his uh, of his eight year old son 
because he opposed uh, him taking being given puberty blockers. His eight-year-old son, according to the two reports, the mother uh, has been trying to socially transition her son, taking him to uh, gender-affirming uh, therapy to get uh, puberty blockers. And when the father stepped in and said, what are you doing this for? To an eight-year-old eight boy, New York Family Court denied medical authority of the father to have a child uh, chemically mutilated. Chemically, uh, uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about destroying the development of this boy's body. We don't know the long-term impacts. But the state of New York said, nope, you want to turn this boy, you want to pretend this boy is a girl? You want to keep him from being a father ever? Um, you, more accurately, what they said is, if you question it, you're gone. That's two right there in the state of New York, my old stomping grounds. I was born in New York City, and I'd been to Skinny Atlas uh, several times for business. But there's more. See, a, a former therapist quit her job because of course, she alleges that her supervisor directed her that uh, any, any child with, uh, um, any teenager that uh, came in with uh, uh, questioning about their sex was to be labeled trans, uh, transgender and treated for gender dysphoria. Now understand, gender dysphoria, th 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 this confusion, is not uncommon during the puberty years. Your, your body's going through all this chemical cocktail. You're on drugs. You got all these hormones. That's what I mean by the drugs, right? And um, confusion is normal. And you have a hospital that says if someone, a, a, a child comes in, a teenager comes in claiming gender dysphoria, they must be, must be diagnosed as transgender, whether they actually are or not. She's claiming that the medical profession is promoting this gender dysphoria. Before she left, she attended uh, training, mandatory training, on the quote-unquote gender, uh, they call it gender-affirming care, gender-denying care. It says, look at your body. No, that's wrong. She was told it was dangerous for her to question what someone comes into her, to her office for therapy, that all she could do was, was silently nod along. This is the state saying that, the, oh yeah, children, you're in charge, and uh, the professional, the one with the training, she doesn't get to look at her patient and ask questions, probe, is this, is this real, is this a social contagion? Um, nope, she's not allowed to diagnose, only to affirm, and by, the, and by the way, promote a physical a physical resolution to a mental problem. It's in the medical. How do you trust hospitals anymore? The hospitals that loaded you up with a with an mRNA untested, unapproved mRNA injection. Hospitals that that uh, would not treat you, would not allow a doctor to treat you with a a proven safe drug that had great outcomes are now telling you if a teenager shows up at a hospital 
and even mentions that they might be confused. They are to be promoted with gender dysphoria and, transgen and treated as transgender. The, the Republic's coming apart at the seams because no longer do we have the people ruling the government. We have society ruling us. We've gone from the masters of our own domains to slaves in our own homes. See, in order for the Republic to work, we have to not only recognize that the power is inherent in the people, the people must exercise it. How often have I said it? Knowledge is not power until it is put into action. That means we the people must take action, but we've turned ourselves into subjects, in, into wimps, into people who sit back and wait for some bureaucrat to tell us what the proper answer is. Some, you know, there's a, there's a disaster. How, why are there always during some natural disaster, are there those that will sit around and wait for the, federal, for the, for the state and federal uh, emergency trucks to go up to do something? There are always those that, that step up and do it for themselves. But how many of them are there? How often do we see the people sitting back going, well, the FEMA didn't go. How many people were whining and complaining because uh, Joe Biden didn't show up at some uh, disaster? I forget which disaster it was. It was one of those, you know, oh, there's, um, uh, I just saw an article about it a, a couple of days ago where it's like, uh, he, oh, we don't, you know, uh, oh, that was it. It was East Palestine. So he's Palestine, and uh, well, he didn't show up for a year, so uh, we don't care. What are you? Why are you waiting for the feds to show up? There's a saying: strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make bad times. Bad times make strong men. I've been saying for a while. We have been in the good times. Have made weak men. We have men that are not men anymore. We have men that are subjects, that are servants, that are waiting to be told what they can do. We, there, there's, been a, there's been a war on manhood. Well, that's not my subject here. It has led us to the situation where we have weak men and we are living in bad times. The question is, are there strong men out there? Are we breeding the strong man? Is the strong man going to stand up and do something? And will they do it in time, while there's still a republic left? While the sacred fires of liberty that George Washington talked about still, still flame, are still alight, will the strong man stand up? I don't mean strong man as a dictator. Strong men. Men who believe in right and wrong, in truth, justice, and the American way. Not those that will get rid of it. Not those that think that being masculine is toxic, but understand the role, the role of being the strong man, the one people count on. Because if we don't have strong men stepping up, pushing back against the tyrants, like they are in Texas and the other states that are standing with them, then the republic is lost. It's, it's set adrift on the ocean without compass, or, or chart to navigate by. The only question is, will we sink from the waves or simply run aground on some shoal and be dashed to pieces? The good news is, 
Maybe you're that strong man. Maybe you're that strong woman. You can be. You start by reading and studying the Constitution, by teaching the rising generation to be free, by knowing your rights and preparing to defend and assert them. Now, if that's something you like, well, that's what we do here at the Constitution Study. So please, come and join us here every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, that's okay. All the episodes go to podcasts, generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. And you can listen in your favorite podcast app. But do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave the episode's ratings and reviews, especially on Apple. That's how other people can find us as well. Now, you can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But please, don't forget, that's knowledge. That knowledge will do little good until you put it into action, which is why I ask you to share them. Share them with friends, share them with family, share them with social media. I don't care how many followers you have. It's not the size of your following that matters. It's the act of sharing that helps you do something, that turns that knowledge into power and help us all share in the blessings of liberty.